0: Her own anointing. Her own anointing. Her Her own own anointing. Her own anointing. Her Her own anointing. Her own. Hello and welcome to Her Own Anointing Podcast, where we educate, support, and highlight women who are doing awesome works in ministry, especially those women who serve or have a connection to the Churches of Christ or Restoration Movement churches. I am your host, Dr. Lana, your favorite professor and public theologian, and maybe even one day, your favorite podcaster. Now today, we have a very interesting um, show for you. Uh, That includes a segment that we call Crazy Church Stories. We also have a word for our sister ministers, and we have a declaration of intentions. Some people really want to know what the purpose of this podcast is, and we want to make sure that we let you know that today. But first, let's check out this Crazy Church story crazy church stories are narratives based on real events concerning women's experiences in the church because of this you may recognize events that you or someone you know have observed or experienced this is because these events are universal but rest assured we are not talking about you or anyone you know are you ready for this crazy church story let's go
1: here are the life and chronicles of eve euangelion eve euangelion was an award-winning teacher Two different times in her 20-year span as an educator, she was named Teacher of the Year. She even earned a doctorate in education. Teaching others was her calling. Well, in terms of biblical knowledge, Eve Evangelion was pretty awesome in that area, too. Growing up, her mother insisted on family Bible studies and keeping her children very active in the church. Eve Evangelion had even been the state Bible Bowl champion multiple years in a row. Eve Evangelion had dedicated her life to the Lord through baptism at 12 years old. But at the time of this crazy church story, Eve Evangelion is in her early 40s and has been a faithful Christian for almost 30 years. Eve Evangelion is also a mother of a six-year-old child whom she had two years after she married her wonderful, shy, but very intelligent husband. Eve Oangelion had actually been the one to teach him the gospel, so he was baptized in his early 30s. Eve Oangelion's husband possessed a quiet strength and preferred working in the background. One day, a male elder at Eve Ewangelion's church announced that they needed someone to teach a Bible class for the college aged 18 to 21 year olds. So, with her Bible knowledge and teaching background, Eve Ewangelion believed that she would be perfect for the job. Unfortunately, the elder told her that she was unqualified to teach the class because she was a woman and women weren't allowed to teach men. But the good news was that if Eve Ewangelion's very introverted, preferred to work in the background, quiet husband wanted to teach the class, then he could. Now, of course, her husband said no to the gig because he wanted to serve in another area where his talents were more suited. But this left Eve Ewangelion quite livid and discouraged because to suggest that she was unqualified, given her background was insulting, and it didn't factor in that she had her own gifts, her own calling, her own anointing to serve God in this particular capacity. Is Eve Evangelion's crazy church story your story too?
0: Dear sister ministers, can you identify with Eve Evangelion story. Have you ever had years of experience, great character, and superior biblical knowledge or education, and you were still deemed as unqualified by the church? Have you ever been in a situation where your gifts were undervalued, where your calling was not considered, where the specific ways that you were anointed to serve were considered secondary? afterthoughts to the men in your congregation? Well, sisters, I just want to encourage you today and let you know that even if you are considered unqualified by men's standards, you are still definitely anointed and called and qualified by God's standards. Now, what exactly does it mean when we talk about this whole idea of being anointed? Well, in biblical times, anointing was a ceremonial act in which oil was rubbed on the head of someone that God had chosen or set apart for a special purpose. And in the Old Testament, this act was typically preserved for or reserved for those who... Served in royal positions, whether it was a king or a priest or um, a prophet whom God had called. And we see an example of this with the biblical character David, where Samuel goes to um, his house um, to anoint the next king, and the oil would not flow for any of his brothers. It would only flow for him because the appointment the calling, the anointing was specifically for him. Well, the good news is that we are under a new covenant in which we believe in the priesthood of all believers. And that means that we are all a part of a royal priesthood. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 12 tells us, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of God who called you out of darkness into God's wonderful light. This means that all of us who have accepted Christ as our savior are called. All of us are anointed. We are consecrated. We are made sacred. We are dedicated to God. We are a royal priesthood. Now, all of us who are believers are called to share God's word or the gospel with others, but God also gives each of us special talents, passions, and unique gifts that impact how God specifically wants us to serve others and impact the world, our community, our churches, or our families. Maybe you have the gift of administration because you're good at strategically organizing people and events. Maybe you have the gift of hospitality or exhortation because you like caring for others or encouraging them. Maybe you have the gift of teaching and knowledge because you like to learn new information and you are good at sharing that information in a way that people really get it and understand it. Maybe you have the gift of evangelism because you are good at communicating the gospel with others and communicating it effectively in a way that they respond to it. Maybe you feel called to help a certain group of people or called to use a particular skill set or called to fight against a certain injustice or even called to lend your voice to a particular issue in the world. Sometimes this calling may be fulfilled in church, in the community, at work, or in the home. But know that God has qualified you and given you an area or multiple areas where you are supposed to serve. And we'll have a more in-depth, Episode later on about calling and purpose. But sisters, I just want to reassure you again that you are called by God and you are qualified to serve. If we had to look at a few biblical examples of women who were called, we see in Judges chapter 4, Deborah. She was called to be a judge, a prophet, a leader of Israel. In Romans chapter 16, Paul gives an entire list of women who work alongside him in ministry. And among them, he names Phoebe, who serves as a deacon of the church. In Acts 21, Philip has four daughters who are called to prophesy to the assembly of the believers. In the gospels, we see that Mary, who gave birth to Jesus, had a calling to raise a man who would save the world. And there are so many other women in the Bible, some who are named and some who are not named. But just like you, God has called them. Now, when I take a look at my own calling, one of the most interesting things about my calling to educate and teach others, as well as my calling to to help women see how God specifically wants to use them. One of the unfortunate things about this calling is that I'm often misunderstood. Contrary to what some may think, I am not against men. I am not against the Church of Christ tradition. I actually have a very deep and strong love for the COC tradition in spite of its flaws, and I always have. But what I do want is, I want to acknowledge the experiences of women who have a connection to this religious tradition and make them a part of a very important conversation. I want to acknowledge the women who make up nearly 70% of all congregations. I want to acknowledge the women who were innovative enough to create spaces such as conferences, ladies' days, to write music and contribute in other ways to use their gifts because otherwise there was no outlet for them. I want to acknowledge the women who love God and want to major in Bible, theology, or religion, but decide to choose another path because the question of, what are you going to do with that degree as a woman was placed at the forefront of their minds. I want to acknowledge the women who love to share God's word. I want to acknowledge the women who do the work for years, but who never hear their names called. I want to acknowledge all of the ways that women have found a way to fulfill their calling in spite of the circumstances. I want to acknowledge the women who stayed, and I want to acknowledge the women who left. I want to encourage these women. I want these women to feel seen. I want these women to be remembered. Now, some of you may ask, why are you focusing on women with connections to the Restoration Movement or Stone Campbell Movement. Well, this movement is a movement that focuses on New Testament Christianity and focuses on using the Bible as the sole source of guidance for how we should conduct our lives. And women in this particular movement have had a very unique experience with this religious tradition that ranges Um, from churches in in which women are not allowed to lead or participate in worship at all to some churches where women can lead uh, songs in the congregation or even some congregations where women are the lead minister or pastor of that congregation. The Experiences are very vast for women in this particular tradition. Some women have stayed and found ways to do ministry work within the tradition, and others have had to leave in order to fully embrace where they feel God has called them to be. Now, although this podcast will primarily focus on the lives and stories of women who are connected to restoration or Stone Campbell movement, churches such as the Church of Christ, Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, or a non-denominational independent congregation, we hope to provide inspiration for women in ministry of all faith backgrounds, because we know that we are not the only ones having this particular experience. And the good part is there may even be some good nuggets in here for men and ministry who listen as well. So sisters who are listening, remember that no matter who tried to deem you as unqualified, you are qualified, you are anointed, you are chosen by God for a purpose or a special work, and your gifts guide how you serve, not your gender. So if you believe that God calls both women and men into ministry, then this podcast is definitely for you. Or even if you are still discerning and trying to figure out what it is that you believe, this podcast is still for you because we'll be providing resources to aid in this conversation concerning women in ministry. You are called. You are anointed. You are qualified. This is the word of God for the women of God. Thanks be to God. And thank you for listening. her own anointing podcast her own anointing
1: thank you so much for listening to this episode of her own anointing please be sure to like and comment on your favorite podcast platform And don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as a form of professional, legal, medical or mental health advice. Hence, we do not. Hence, we are not responsible for any losses, damages or liabilities or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast.